Welcome to Sci Section. We are your hosts, Sherry and Kian. From time to time, we might forget the reason behind studying sciences. It's not just about chemical titrations or DNA transcription, but rather it is about us. In this session, we want to talk about studying. Well, you don't have to study now. Take a break and listen to Sci Section to study better in future, because it's exam season, you know. So before we begin, I want to thank you, Sherry, for being here, although you're sick. That means a lot for <laughs> me and all the listeners, for sure. Yeah, well, even though I may be sick, a whole bunch of other people are also sick, and they still need to study. Yeah, so let's give them some good advice. <laughs> so starting from the very, very specific, how do we, quote unquote, memorize? First, memories are stored in the prefrontal cortex. As well, hippocampus plays an important role in moving memories from short term to long term. Memories and emotions are part of the limbic system, making them closely intertwined. Memories are stored as patterns in groups of brain cells, which are called neurons. Whenever you want to remember information, the neurons start firing in the same pattern as the original event occurred. So if you keep remembering those information, this pathway of firing becomes stronger. Scientists aren't entirely sure of how memory works, though. It's a work in progress as we discover new things and get new technologies. But what people really want to know is how to do well on their tests, Kian. A study done by Tufts University in Massachusetts found that testing yourself as a practice helps you remember better, as well as reducing stress levels. We all know about that famous hormone adrenaline that is typically associated with bungee jumping or facing a bear. That's because adrenaline is released during stress, which causes your heart rate to increase. About 20 minutes after a stressful event, a delayed stress response occurs. In this case, another hormone called cortisol is released, which will bind to hippocampus, and this is important for information retrieval. You might ask why. That's because cortisol makes remembering difficult. This study compared the remembering ability of two groups, one that used retrieval practice, the other that only studied. When analyzing the results, those who used practice studying performed better than those who only studied. And keep in mind, this study did consider stress levels. So if you want to remember better when you're stressed, test yourself before. Also, consider the environment that you're studying in. Your brain will encode all sorts of information, even if you're not paying attention to it. So if you're studying in your room alone, you will have complete silence, assuming you're not watching Netflix while you're studying. <laughs> uh, please don't. That's not a great way to study. And then when you go into the test, you'll hear the scratching of pencils, people muttering to themselves. You're not going to be used to that. So instead, consider studying in a library where you'll already have a bunch of other people around you also trying to study. That way you'll be able to recall the information in a similar setting, which is actually easier to do. Amy Smith, graduate student and lead author of the study, has given some advice for students as well. She has recommended reviewing material first, then moving on to practice tests. She suggested reading notes once or twice, then trying to remember them without notes or anything. After, go to your notes to see if you remembered everything or not. Did you remember? Good for you. You didn't? No worries. Do the whole process all over again. We talked about the sleep in our first episode, but I couldn't resist talking about this headline that I saw last week. Look at this. A sleep may impact college grades more than drinking or drugs. You know what? That makes sense. Because sleep deprivation doesn't cost any money to get. Wait, what do you mean? <laughs> well, for drinking or drugs, I would like have to go out and buy those things with monies. <laughs> but like sleep deprivation, I can just stay up doing things oh, yeah, and true. be sleep deprived. True, yeah. <laughs> 
College of Sleep at University of St. Thomas in Minnesota published a review on this by saying that a student who is routinely well-rested has a 0.14 GPA advantage over someone who lacks enough sleep. Well, it's good to know that after learning disabilities and diagnosed depression or anxiety, sleep has the biggest role on academic success. So sleep if you want to get good grades. Now let's talk about Pomodoro, a useful technique that you will definitely use if you know about it. Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato. Some therapists assign Pomodoro technique to ADHD individuals when they must work on something, whether studying or working. ADHD does work in different ways for different people, so it won't always work. Pomodoro technique is a great way to assign about 25 minutes of your time to a task that you just can't do it or don't feel like it. You know? So how does it work? You set a timer for 25 minutes in which you have to work. After that, your timer rings and you're allowed to take a five-minute break. You can drink water, you can eat nuts or check side sections <laughs> Instagram page. I don't know. <laughs> After five minutes, you have to set a timer for another 25 minutes. And this cycle continues. You repeat the cycle for four times, then take a 30-minute break. Your next cycle should be a regular one with five-minute break. So that's like the most productive two hours that you'll have in your day. Yeah. So with Pomodoro, you can assure working for at least 50 minutes in an hour. And that is great, right? Yeah, definitely. If I could work 50 minutes in an hour, I'd actually get things done. <laughs> when it comes to studying, efficiency is also important. Simply sitting behind a book or laptop does not imply that you're studying. <laughs> but I really wish studying could work that way. I would love me some simple diffusion from a high concentration, the textbook, to a low concentration, my brain. <laughs> Pomodoro technique has a solution for efficiency. If 25 minutes of work and a 5-minute break does not work for you, change it. You can make it 40 minutes of working and a 10-minute break, then 10 minutes of working again. That's completely your choice. Personally, I use a version of the Pomodoro after I do my research to write the actual essay. I put a timer on for 5 minutes of typing. No thinking, since I did the research earlier. Just word vomit. <laughs> then after the timer beeps, I take 1 minute to do a quick breather until I jump back into things. My word count is like 100 words per each 5-minute block of misery. But lots of mental strength is needed to hold on to that productivity. If your phone doesn't have a good timer, you can use different applications for it. For example, there's an app called Flora. What does Flora do? I've heard of phone apps that lock your device until you do the task that you need to complete. Yeah, it's almost the same. In the free version of the app, you can have Pomodoro cycles with various times. It kind of makes you not to look at your phone. During each cycle, you will be growing a tree. If you finish the cycle successfully, your tree is added to your garden. If you fail, however, your tree dies. So it's trying to guilt me into not <laughs> letting my tree die. Yeah, I think that should work, right? I mean, I've killed enough plants in my <laughs> lifetime that one more is kind of like, oh no, what did I just do? <laughs> in the end, studying both hard and smart is the way to go. Does color coding help? That brings us to the least effective methods of studying. It's passive recognition. Highlighting is next to useless. Rewriting notes also isn't the most efficient method of learning, although it takes so much effort and I feel so much admiration for those people <laughs> with neat notes. How do you study yourself, Sherry? Okay, this is a doozy. I study by taking the course summary, like just the skeleton with lecture titles and its key points, and try to reconstruct the entire content of that lecture from writing, not typing. Writing's better. True, yeah. It down onto a blank sheet of paper. It's intense and kind of stressful. But once I'm done with that, 
I move on to a more thorough summary, which is like a posted one or something that I grabbed off of a friend, writing down additional points that that cues in my brain. The final step is to review what I missed and then record it onto that not-so-blank piece of paper now. Rinse and repeat after 30 minutes of studying another topic in the same manner, and you have a smooth studying misery machine. (laughs) That's really effective. That's a good technique, actually. I should try it, maybe. Retrieval practice. (laughs) So, the best method to learn or study is to maintain active recall. Reading is less than typing, and typing is less than writing. And active recalling slash teaching the subject itself from memory and understanding it is the best of all. There's someone among us that knows a lot about studying, and Keon had the opportunity to meet her. Yes, I had the chance to sit down with Jill McMillan, Academic Skills Program Coordinator at McMaster University's Student Success Center, and ask her some questions about her studying and her tips for students. Let's take us over to the interview. Uh, you're approaching exam season. Uh, what would be your number one tip for students during this time? Get sufficient sleep. Um, When we look at what we know about the brain and learning, we know that learning cannot consolidate properly if we aren't getting sufficient sleep. So all of those all-nighters that you might be planning to do during exam season, look at your schedule and find a way to ensure that you're getting at least six to eight hours of sleep a night. And uh, what do you think should be the greatest, uh, what do you think would be the greatest study method for students? So going back again to what the research says around learning, there are two uh, strategies that seem to emerge consistently, and those center around both teaching as well as testing. And so to speak to the first one, the, the role of teaching, it can be really effective as part of your own study to try and teach the material to someone else. Mm-hmm. Because in having that interaction with someone, they're prompting you to elaborate, to explain from different perspectives. And so going through that process of actually trying to teach someone else, it can help enrich and deepen your own understanding of the material, especially if it draws your attention to things that you don't fully understand because then you're motivated to go and find out what the correct information is. And what do you think students are struggling the most at this time? Probably managing everything. Mm -hmm. So right now it is a really busy time of the semester because we're balancing not just the lead up to final exams, but finishing up last minute assessments, essays, Mm -hmm. projects, all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, And so sometimes when we have so much going on, it can feel very easy to become overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. And so it's a matter of looking realistically at the time that you have and breaking tasks into Mm -hmm. smaller chunks. So prioritizing, figuring out what um, is the most important stuff that you need to accomplish in a limited amount of time is going to be key to being successful. Mm -hmm. So if you have uh, an essay that's coming up and you're balancing that with studying for Uh, the first exam that you have, Mm -hmm. you might consider how can I split my time during the day so I can give appropriate attention to each task Mm -hmm. and break things up so that you're concentrating intently for about 25 to 30 minutes at a time Mm -hmm. with a 5 to 10 minute break. Mm -hmm. Just make sure that that break is not a social media break (laughs) or a Netflix break (laughs) because I think we've all been in that uh, situation where that five-minute break suddenly turns into a five-hour uh, Sabrina the Teenage <laughs> Witch um, 
Netflix binge. <laughs> so we want to maintain awareness of what our distractions are mm-hmm. and ensure that we're not giving in to those when we are meant to be accomplishing these tasks that we've set for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. My we pleasure. really appreciate it. Now let's take some time to digest the information that we learned. The brain keeps memories through pathways that fire in patterns that strengthen over time. Mimicking those patterns is key to remembering, which is why active recall is the best memorization and studying technique. Focus can be a difficulty for many people, which is why they may find the Pomodoro technique useful, where time for working and for breaking is blocked off. There are many productivity apps, some of which use the Pomodoro technique. Another important factor to success is sleep, which Jill McMillan emphasizes in our interview. Thanks for the summary, Sherry. By the way, what exams do you have coming up? The upcoming Friday, I have my biochem exam, which I'll be doing some active recall for and learning about alcohol. So make sure to tune in next Wednesday as we're going to talk about alcohol. Good luck with all your exams. You're going to crush them. See See you you next week. week!